What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Making the Turn, the premier green industry podcast that highlights professionals across many areas, including golf course management, sports turf, sales, business, education, landscaping, and more. Making the Turn is hosted by me, BJ Parker. I've spent nearly 25 years in the green industry, mostly as a golf course superintendent, and now I want to bring the knowledge and insight from myself and the many people I've met and continue to meet along the way. Making the Turn will provide valuable content for those looking to learn from others, gain useful tips and tricks, and be better in their daily lives. You can find Making the Turn on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe. It helps keep the podcast growing and getting better. Thanks for listening, and welcome to another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the podcast. Appreciate you joining me for another episode of Making the Turn. I'm your host, BJ Parker. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all that you do, rating and sharing and subscribing. It's been great. Had our best month last month, so keep it up. And um, today, I've got a gentleman with me. He's the first assistant at Stones River Country Club, Mr. Matt Kirkpatrick. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. How are you, BJ? Well, I'm doing great, man. Thank you for uh, coming all the way out here and uh, sitting down with me. It's going to be fun to get to know you. Yeah, of course. We had a, a good fun time talking before we came on, so hopefully we'll keep it uh, keep it up and keep the uh, excitement rolling. Oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so I don't know a whole lot about you, and that's good because I like sitting down with guys that I don't know a whole lot about and, and uh, kind of chatting and bringing the purpose of this podcast is to sort of shine a light on you guys and talk a lot of golf. And I, and I don't – but I don't – but the first – the assistant part of this is, is really intriguing to me. I was an assistant. I started in your position – and the things that I kind of learned through that whole process that got me to be a, a ultimately to a head golf course superintendent, I think are valuable. I want to share more of that story with guys, and, and hopefully this podcast will do that. So I'm glad you're here, and I want to talk a lot about that. But just talk about your career, sort of how you got started, what what sort of things you uh, got you in the golf business, and um, and you know maybe where you studied and all that, and how you landed at uh, uh, Stones River. All right, so. It's a it's an odd story, kind of like most. Um, I started out going to MTSU for my first year of college, and oh, yeah, and um, didn't know what I wanted to study really, and kind of just going around. Are you from Murfreesboro? I'm not. Okay. No, I live in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Yeah, Stones River's in Murfreesboro. I didn't mention that. But. Yeah, yeah, and so um, first year of college, didn't know, undecided, and um, had recently started playing golf around junior of high school kind of come to the game late. I uh-huh. played football and and ever since I was a kid. So I played football all the way up and didn't have any offers. Yep. And um, so I picked up the game of golf about junior year, really started to catch the bug. And by that freshman year of college, was really hooked. And um, I remember doing a landscape project with my parents at their house, just adding some pavers yeah. and making a flower bed and all that stuff and kind of – you know, I kind of like this. I like working outside. I like seeing the instant, you know, success and gratification of things. And so at the time, I had a buddy from football. He was two years older than I was, and he was at UT. And he was studying landscape architecture. So went online, started to find that degree, stumbled upon turf management right. at UT, and was like, that's it. Yeah. Found it. That's what I want to do. Yeah. So talked to Dr. Shirokin 
and got the steps in place to transfer to uh, UT. Mm-hmm. And he helped a lot with all that and, and um, got good grades my first year and transferred over and jumped right into it. And, and that first, second, so it would have been sophomore year of college, he um, he told me I needed to work on a golf course, first yeah. time ever. So he got me in touch with Joe Kennedy. Oh, yeah. So I did a, that would have been 2011, did a summer out at um, Vanderbilt Legends Club working for Joe Kennedy and just doing everything, you yeah. know, mowing greens, raking bunkers, weed eating. Yep. I mean, there was a day I weed eated from 6 a.m. to 3 o'clock <laughs> all day, lunch break. and Welcome that to was business. It. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yep. So did that for a summer and then went back to school. Um, spent a year or so working for Scott Severance at Foxton Country Club. Okay. Um, worked there, worked a couple of the, at the time, called web, uh, web.com. Or actually, it was nationwide. Then they moved to web.com, and now they're Corn Ferry or yeah. whatever it is. So I did the that. Tour did, that keeps on changing. Yeah, and now, and now they've moved the tournament over to um, Holston Hills. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, and so... Um, That'll be good for them to get a break from that. But I yeah. uh, worked that tournament for a little bit. And then um also worked at the golf facility at, at UT under Mark Gossett. And um, by that by the junior year, the turf program at UT, they have a, um, a expedited spring semester. And so got in touch with an internship. And I knew I wanted to stay in the Nashville, Middle Tennessee area and at the time, everybody has the big dreams of yeah. where they're going to go do an internship. Oh, I want to go overseas. Yeah. I want to go, you know, West Coast, East Coast, South Florida. I want to go somewhere crazy. And um, I always thought it would be neat to do, like, the Georgia coast, yeah. South Carolina coast, Hilton Head, somewhere over there. And um, was waiting to hear back from one. It was going to take a while. And so they told me about Peachtree and said, hey, you know, maybe just look into it. It's kind of close. It's a good, really good club. You know, maybe that will be a good in option. Atlanta. Yeah. yeah, in Atlanta. And so. Yeah, that's a real good club. Yeah, yeah, downplaying it a little bit. Yep. And so um, went and talked to William Shirley. and Don't feel like you have to sell yourself short here, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, so I went down to, um, went down to Peachtree and talked to William, and they offered me the internship. And kind of really what they sold me on was at the time, I want to I'm probably going to get the – course in south carolina wrong i think it was reynolds plantation or it was a big that is there yeah it's a it's a either 54 four yeah, hole it's a facility. big property yeah. and so what they were telling me when i went to see william was um you know you can go and be one of seven interns over there that summer and learn what you're going to learn yeah. or you can come here and be one of one or one of two yeah and so that really sold me and i just I fell in love with that property, the hist- the history, the history, and just everything about it um, just felt right. So, went down there and lived off Number One Fairway. And do they have housing for you guys? They do. They have um, they have an old superintendent's house that was built in the seventies. That's the only house that was that's on the property. Okay, that's the only house that you can see, or you can't see it, but yeah. I mean everything. The whole property's fenced and um blocked and and you just can't see you know, there's nothing no outside scene the property from from the road or anything like sure. that so 
lived right there with um, actually the second assistant, the assistant in training, and me all lived in a house, kind of like a frat house, just yep. hanging out, working a lot. And, and actually, I got lucky in that summer. We didn't see 90 degrees until late July. I, I only bent I grass sp- down there. Bent grass, yeah. and I only probably spent maybe three weeks having to check greens. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so I really, fu- I really uh, lucked out there and came back and um, went to finish up my last year at UT and was looking for a job and almost went to uh, work for Jimbo at TPC in Memphis. And one thing led to another and ended up going back to Legends Club uh, as an AIT. And the way he kind of does it, or the way he did it at, at, the, at um, Legends, Joe Kennedy did, was he'd have a guy that would take care of the little course. Yeah. And that kind of be was their – that would be their proving ground or, or um, a place to kind of get their feet wet. Sure. So me and another guy, Jeremy Fan, um, would take care of the little course, changing cups, mowing greens, wrecking bunkers. Um, I That summer – I did 10 months there. That summer, we transitioned the little course greens. It was the last greens that they had from bent grass to Sunday Bermuda grass. Okay. So we did that conversion, um, had a lot of responsibility in that in that process, and um, learned a lot. Worked a lot, learned, learned a lot, and, and um, really grew. So after about 10 months, um, Jeff Huber was looking for a second assistant, and um, and put my name in the hat and went up there and interviewed and got the job and yeah. did two and a half years at the golf club of Tennessee and um, loved it there. Great time. Learned a lot. Uh, it's a different world yeah. up there. Um, bent grass. And in those days started to kind of wear on me. Yeah. Um, I was still, or still am, living in Spring Hill, and so I was driving 45 minutes each way to work and yeah. working every every other weekend and staying all weekend to check greens and that kind of thing. And I just knew that the, the climate of the middle Tennessee was not going bent grass. It was going more Bermuda grass. And so started to kind of look around and, and Michael Brownlee was um, looking for an assistant over at Stones river. Yeah. So I interviewed with him and the rest is history. Been here be two years. Yeah. Next week, I think so. Yeah, really enjoying the Bermuda ga- the Bermuda grass game. Yeah, do you, do, I think it's great that you have, you know, have had bent grass experience because that's what makes what I have mentioned several times in our area where we have, where we we don't really have one grass for all situations. You know, especially when we're talking about greens. But you know, typically uh, it's bent bent grass or, or Bermuda, and then and there's probably a shift more towards more Bermuda now. But when I was when I was coming along, it was all bent and, yeah. and virtually no Bermuda, and I and to have that little bit of experience in this area where you're constantly dealing with the heat and having to deal with it, I think it's a big uh, a big feather in your cap. Uh, it's got to it's got to mean at least you can do it, you know. Yeah. Depending on where you get pushed and pulled, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, and I I think too, um, you learn a lot being on different grasses and. And each course had their different things. So, um, Legends at the time had the tall fescue rough. You know, I mean, they still have the tall fescue rough. I don't, yep. I don't know what their percentage is anymore. I think it's gotten a little bit skewed in the roughs. But you know, you've got 
Zoysia fairways and fescue roughs, and then you've got you go to another course, and they've got zoysia and Bermuda roughs, yep. and a little bit of fescue under trees, and then bent grass greens, and and dealing with you know I did I was lucky enough my two stints at Legends Club that I did two greens conversions. Yeah. I helped him do the North Course my first year, which I was just another guy on the crew. I was just shoving yeah. plugs and and doing doing whatever. But um, that second time, yeah. I mean, we were fully involved when we were out there laying you know pulling cores and trying to find where the old greens edges were and 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 um spraying roundup and i remember that last week that the greens were alive we had a guy that would come and play just about every day and he came up to us and said why are you guys going to kill these greens this is the best they've ever been and yeah. we hadn't sprayed any fungicides on them in in weeks and weeks and kept the water off of them for weeks and they were. They were the best they were. And and I think that was a little bit of a learning a moment was sometimes I think less is more. Yeah, I yeah. think um, you just – when you kind of let it do its thing, I, I'm not saying go out there and never water greens ever again yeah. or don't ever spray a fungicide, but I think some we people can get – I think you can overdo it. And, I mean, they were. They were the best thing. Yeah. They, were, they were amazing. So it was it was great and, and – doing doing everything putting the pulling yeah. cores and laying sand and spreading some sprigs so well you certainly uh have had tons of experience in in a so you graduated what did you say I'm, i apologize when so graduated college in 14 yeah 14 so yep. we're you know four five or six years now mm-hmm. you've had a ton of experience at Peachtree and you know legends and golf club of tennessee those are all you know unique and what mm-hmm. they've got going on in different places parts of the you know the south mainly but that's a that's huge for you know developing your career portfolio and i think that's big um you know it's something to be said for that because you know in, in the age where guys jump around a lot of times a lot of times they may just be seeking you know that higher name club or what they're trying to do and you might you're at some pretty nice places let's not you know we're not just saying that mm-hmm. i mean they're nice places but at the same time you're getting a mix of things that uh, are going to help you along the way yeah definitely i mean um i felt like i spent the appropriate amount of time mm-hmm. at each place um yeah. i think you know i i, I remember shrock and dr shrock and talking about you know certain points of your career you know you should say roughly this amount of time and so two and a half years at the golf club felt right. Um, yeah. it, it wasn't easy. I didn't want to leave. I left right before the United States Women's Am, yeah. um, which I'd heard about since I interviewed and worked towards. And, you know, it was really tough. I yeah. did not want to leave before that, and, and it really was hard. Mm-hmm. And um, But I knew at the time of my career and kind of where I was and salary wise and, and things, I just knew if I was going to make a change and get off bent grass and go to Bermuda and kind of beef up that side of my resume, I knew I had to do it. And yeah. it's worked out well for me. Yeah. Um, it's been tough, you know, and I don't, you know, I don't regret ever leaving, but it, I had a lot of good friends over there sure. and I still do. And, and um, yeah, it was hard, but hey man, I still love that place. I've been gone for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like it's. I'll put it up there with Peachtree. It's yeah. it's a special place. Yeah. Um, it's a different place, and in those places that I've been at, people might look at it and say, "Oh wow, you know, when I was at Peachtree, top fifty golf club in the United States, yeah. top one hundred in in the in the world." And but they did things. They didn't just blow money to blow money. 
And yeah. I mean, they had they had a fifteen year old sprayer, and they just they worked with what they had. I mean, they had a lot of nice stuff, yeah. and they had good equipment. But I mean, they had that old beat up backhoe, and <laughs> you know this <laughs> and that. They have they have just the same amount of equipment. You yeah. know, you know, not as you know more than most, but. Sure. They didn't just. They weren't foolish with what they had. I mean, yeah. and so it was. It was different. It was cool to see that somewhere can have that kind of quality. But I mean, they didn't use moisture meters when I was there. Yeah, yeah. Those are. I mean, that's something that that's something that you find that you when when you see how things actually are done and how and and working with what you got. I mean, you've been at some high end clubs. Whenever you go to your first job. It may not be the mm-hmm. budget or the, the the equipment, and so having to figure things out and getting a taste of that, even in high end clubs, is is huge. I mean, you know, it's it's something to be said for. I I I mean, I came from the golf club of Tennessee and went to Brentwood, two high end private clubs, but mm-hmm. they did things different, and their budgets weren't the same, and you had to just think outside the box. Yeah, and, and um, you know, that's a that's sort of a, a thing that gets lost in the shuffle a lot of times. Guys that are especially have a lot of high-end experience yeah and and one thing that always stuck with me was I had a um a classmate in college that did he didn't do that big well-known internship yeah he worked at um I want to say it was called the Wee course in in Knoxville Uh and um and I mean he he was talking about oh yeah you know I'm the irrigation tech I'm the spray (laughs) tech I'm this guy I'm that guy and I'm learning how to dig up hole you know dig holes and make this and do that and and he's like it's the most i've ever learned and i think that somewhat stuck with me in my head that yeah i can stay at the golf club and i can um have a really nice life and and i can i know what i'm going to do i know what my duties are going to be and and you know we've got a fan guy you know they've got a spray guy they've got an irrigation guy and so i knew where where i fit in that puzzle or, you know, I could go to Stones River, get out of my element a little bit, and now, I mean, I spray greens, not every day, but yeah. I spray most times. I'm in the hole digging them up, fixing the irrigation. I'm in the shop working with our equipment manager, making repairs, grinding, helping him grind reels, because I need to know that. All I need. That. I think the, the hardest hire that a superintendent's ever going to have is a good mechanic, irrigate, yeah. you know, equipment foreman, so... Um, the more I can spend back there with him when I have a chance to help him do something or, or just learn, um, it's going to only help me in the long run. Yeah. Well, so let's circle back a little bit because I I do want this to be helpful and it, and I, and I, it already is, I know for guys who may be listening or assistants, but how, how important do you feel like that the internship part of your career helped? You know what sort of things did you get out of that? How important would you say that is to to your your sort of success so far? I think it's massive. Um, I think picking the area, I, I went about it knowing where I wanted to be at after I graduated. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to be in the southeast. Um, at the time, I wasn't married or anything, so I knew I wanted to be somewhere in the southeast. Sure. Um, and that that greatly impacted where I wanted to go and and. It just you've got to get you got to go where you feel is right. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to go out west, go out west, do an internship out there. Um, but just make sure if you want that one-on-one experience, or if you just want the name on your resume, yeah. you can do that. Um, but I, I wanted to be to be pushed and to learn 
new things and and see how other people do it yeah. and um it just you know everything kind of fell in place doing that yeah so i i would pick that's 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 the biggest thing i would encourage people is to to have an idea of where you want to go yeah. after college and and pick that location try to try to get as close as you can you know i mean yeah. it, you're going to make network you're going to network in that area you're going to who knows? You, you you could even get a job at the course that you internshiped after. You yeah. know, a lot of times I've heard of people doing. You know, that's happened to several people. A guy I interned with did. Um, we, the other intern, he went back, got his degree, and they hired him. And now he's he's at Augusta, and he's an assistant there. So, I mean, that's my story. I yeah. I, I um I interned at the golf club of Tennessee, and loved it. Wanted the job there. Was told there wasn't really a place for me at the time. I had a semester to go back. Didn't really know what I was going to do. You know, that was in the day of age of really no email, so I had to write letters to everybody. And and I had like ten different golf courses that I was just going to send out my resume and letters to that I was interested in just going to work somewhere. And it was like two days before I was going to send those letters out. I got a call from Dave Green, the the, the superintendent there at the time. He said. You want to come to work? And I said, I, absolutely. I, I'd love to do that. I threw all those letters in the trash, <laughs> and the rest is history. I didn't even send them. I accepted it right there. I didn't even know. We, I mean, yeah, it was just, just that that you know. And and I loved it, and I wanted, and I thought that was the best decision for me. But I mean, I think that's you're right. I mean, it can happen in a lot of ways if you if you're selective about where you go. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, I just don't. I don't see why you'd want to. I mean, it, it more so. Other than it just being fun, I don't, I don't get going to an area that you wouldn't want to be in next, yeah. or even doing sports turf and knowing that you might be in golf. I mean, yeah. you never know what's going to happen. I know that, but you want to help yourself out as best you can. Yeah. And um, obviously, getting a program if you're somebody that's not even in college yet, I'd look for a turf program that has that flexibility. I know um, a lot of. I, I want to say maybe Penn State and Rutgers and, and some of those bigger programs, Clemson. I think a lot of them, a lot of those programs even send their students to tournaments, PGA tournaments, mm-hmm. and work those. And, yeah. and, and they um, – I heard it on a, on, a, on a separate podcast that people were talking about how they're in a program that they get sent to, you know, four or five tournaments every year. Yeah. So, you know, look at that. Um, or if you're somebody that's working out of a golf course right now, and you're thinking, hey, you know, this is a lot of fun. I like doing this, and maybe I could make a career out of it. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, a lot of people do those um, online school at Penn State, and Rutgers does one too, I think. There's and, several now that I've heard, you know, and I think that's a, a new, you know, we're in a different world nowadays where um, a lot of stuff can be done, learned online. You don't even have to leave the house, and which is good, you know, but mm-hmm. that, that on-the-job training is Definitely. valuable. I mean – I tell this story. I mean, I, I my experience with working on a golf course before I went to college. I wanted to be a golf course designer and architect, and so I was kind of going down that route because I played golf and I enjoyed it, and that was sort of my what I was excited about. But um, I, I, I kind of got shifted in a different direction um, through schooling and sort of some of the things I came across. And I, but my experiences have been washing carts. Uh, picking range balls, you know, doing very little agronomic work, you know, but uh, but I knew a lot about the golf course. And so the, my first day on the intern, I had never worked on a golf course, didn't know a thing about it. 
I'm pulling a hose with a guy <laughs> doing a spray hawk the first day. Wow. And that's it. And I and, my, and you know, I didn't know anything. And so I started that moment I was like every little detail is important. And so I just started absorbing everything and and then when I went back to school to finish out, I was I had to I had to do like a a project for one of my classes and I and I didn't get a lot of irrigation. So I was like I want to learn is what I what I can about irrigation. So not only did I design an irrigation for like a I, uh, it was a football field or something at the time, but it was it was designing it from the ground up and kind of learning the intricacies of what was out there and how to do it, pump stations and all that. And I and I and when I went back and started working, I was like, I'm going to learn everything that I didn't know because I'm kind of a blank canvas. And so I just sort of started absorbing things, whether yeah. it be fertilizers, chemicals, or whatever. And and um, I think too many times guys just want to blow through all that and and i would tell them to slow down learn everything you can because it's going to be valuable to you because you're not going to get it open in a book in class i mean no, it'll teach all. you where to go solve the problems and solve the and, and find maybe find the answers but you know learning from the superintendents you know the assistants that you're going to work for even the guys on the crew mechanics you know yeah. that's valuable no no doubt um i mean i learned just as much from some of the assistants i worked under as I did the superintendent, yeah. you know, um, some of those guys, you, you make friends with them and, and let's not forget even some of the crew guys. I mean, there's, there's guys that have been doing it for 15, 16 Peachtree had, I mean, everybody on the crew had been on a golf course for at least 10 years. I mean, they knew exactly where to go, what to do, what to get. Every course to do has it. that one or two guys that's been there forever. Yeah. knows exactly what the, every part of that place needs or wants. And, and they might not have the title of assistant, yep. but, I mean, they might as well be an assistant. Yeah, I so. mean, it's just—it's crazy. I mean, those guys are beyond priceless. I mean, when yeah. it comes to learning, you know. Um, so, what would do you? Did you have like a mentor or anybody that you kind of used, or do you learn from all the different superintendents that you've kind of worked? Do you still have relationships with them? Yeah, I, I still talk to them. Um, most of them, ever you know, ones that I I see at meetings and and uh, the TTA and and things like that. Yeah. I wouldn't say any one of them, um, just because I've been like equal time under each person and yeah. and um, you know. I probably, I guess maybe Jeff Huber at uh, the golf club, just because I spent two and a half years there and, yeah. and, um, and really spent a lot of time and he gave me my first assistant position. Sure. Um, and so that was just seeing how that worked and being on Ben grass and then working under Mike, um, at, at stones river yeah. when he was, uh, when he was there. And I mean, just the way he did things to that Bermuda and to the greens, I mean, yeah. they were some of the best greens that we've ever had and yeah. ever, I'd ever seen um Bermuda wise and and just doing less doing more with less sure. um was really something I picked two up different from experiences him. right there yeah even, even though they're very high-end clubs with two different experiences I would mm -hmm. imagine yeah, yeah it definitely was um just and two different grasses and, and yep. just different um definitely different way different management styles everybody yeah. I worked for had their own little thing and if you're not picking up a little something from each person, even on your internships, I mean, you can be there four months at a time. Yeah. You can pick something up yeah. from and that you can take along with you, and that's what that's what almost everybody I've ever talked to always talks about is that you know they pick up a little something, and and, and it doesn't always have to be something that you do or that is a positive thing. I mean, yeah. it could be something that you're like, 
I don't know if I'm going to do that when I yeah. get that chance. Or, but I like what they did here. Yep. Or well, like I don't that. think you're going to always find the good. I mean, you, you're going to pick up little nuggets here and there. But, I mean, if you can easily grow by finding out little things that you shouldn't do or don't yeah. want to do. I mean, and, and just being on a golf course and having that time, I mean, you're going to see accidents that happen, yeah. mistakes that happen, things that didn't go out, you know, didn't happen yeah. the way we were hoping or that were planned. Yeah. And so even just those little things um, just help in the long run. You yeah. know, just you can pull from, you know, years from now and just say, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was – I remember that happened or <laughs> stuff like that. So, Yeah. What do you think – What so what's your opinion uh, about the Bermudas and the Bents? Do you, I mean, you obviously seem like you're more of a Bermuda – I can't say this word, Bermuda grass guy <laughs> over Bent. Um, uh yeah, I'd, would you want to? I mean, you ultimately want that. You know. I would in the next position um, for me as a super, you know, a superintendent position that I would apply for would definitely be on a Bermuda grass yeah. course. Um, I just think uh, livelihood and and quality of life. Well, that's is the greater. You stay here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you go up north, you don't want Bermuda. That's true. No, no, I don't want that. Yeah. Um, but I just. I think, I think, what I enjoy about being on Bermuda grass is you are on the offense, yeah, and you are—that's a good way to put it. You are attacking the grass. You are, um, and sometimes it's tough. I mean, yeah. to get speeds, the membership that we that we have at Stones River, um, they're tough. They yeah. want fast greens, and they play all the time. I can tell you, twenty twenty five people that tee off every single day first four or five groups out and i can tell you this the next 30 people that will tee off between 11 30 and 12 30 yeah and it's the same people every day i mean i left today it's a rainy 45 40 you know 50 degree day and there's people out playing yeah i mean they play they they use their membership Regardless. and so they know and i remember mike he would always say well if you go to a steak place and you order steak you order a steak and you eat it every day for a month you're going to know every little difference about that steak from day to day. Yeah. And it's true. So they, you most average golfers maybe don't know the difference between a uh, green that's 11 and 11 and a half. Yeah. But these members are pretty darn close and they know something seems different. They seem a little slower today. Yeah. They seem this, they seem that, you know, why is that stick still on that, on that, you know, leaning up against that tree? Why is, why is the pile of leaves over on that, on that hole? So, you know, they, they're a, they're, I don't mean to stop you, but they're a great gauge of what's what's important. Yeah. Because, like you said, they they may notice the green speeds a little different because you've done something, but they're not going to really point that out to you. But if you went over to them and, and just got them all together and said, "Hey, what's something you saw on the golf course that you know maybe I missed or something?" And they might point something out that's been there for a couple of days, or there's a hole over here because. They they're there every day. No they doubt, they walk the golf course and play it. You know, no you're, you're drive. You're you know sometimes got blinders on. Well, and and that's the biggest thing. Um, one thing that me and Matt Carson, he's the assistant over at the golf club. What we always like to do, we play golf a lot. Um, when I when I first started out there, um, I wasn't married, and neither was he, and and so I mean we play two three times a week, and what we'd like to do is even just play and walk yeah. because just the different seeing how the course is not on the cart path 
and not from the cart path yeah. is way different. And then playing different tees, yep. playing the back tees, playing two up, playing you know the senior tees, and just seeing where it is from all different angles yeah. makes a huge difference. And um, you're definitely right. I mean, I always considered that part of the job. Now I played golf and I did mm-hmm. a lot of it, but I mean, I definitely, I definitely thought it was important. And I, a lot of times, my my role would be to go out say after after the last the setup guys but bef- before anybody was sort of uh, about to play or whatever and just in the mornings and just kind of follow along and maybe chip and putt mm-hmm. or hit a few balls go hit a driver just walk yeah. you know and just trying to get a feel of the golf course every single day uh, because you know sometimes you know once the day gets going you know you get pulled in a thousand different directions and so um but yeah i thought it was always important and then if i you know once or twice a week, try to play, you know, a full round and maybe grab a buddy or a member or something. Yeah. Well, and it's a, it's like a quality check yeah. as well. I mean, if you, if you don't, if you don't have the luxury of the, I've kind of worked both sides. The golf club had this extremely elaborate pin location for each day. I mean, they had five different zones on all the greens and a, a through D on each zone. So, I mean, you almost go five weeks without ever having the, the cup in the exact same spot yeah or you go to just a regular place and that has zones one two three and then it's up to the yeah, use your discretion. Up, yeah it's, it's up to his discretion on where to put it yeah. and so if you're not kind of going back around and seeing hey man like can we can we stay away from the front right can we go front middle can we go front left next yeah. time we get to that zone or something like that or even just seeing how well the bunkers were edged or stuff like that i yeah. mean just or knowing sometimes the last thing you want to do is wait for a member to bust their club on on somewhere in the bunker and say yeah. hey why don't we have sand in the bunker why don't you you can get out there and play a couple times and who knows you're probably gonna end up in the bunker we're not all yeah. pros and maybe you find that spot and say oh yeah you know write it down on a notepad and say yeah. maybe sometime next week we'll get to adding some sand to this bunker Shift that's kind of what around. that's kind of what i i mean it's hard to do because it there's a lot you can miss but i did yeah. One of the things that I would tell my citizens is if they're telling us about it, it's too late. Yeah. You know, we need to know about what's going on before they do because it it shows that we're um, proactive about what we're doing. We're checking things, you know, and a lot of times that can get lost in the shuffle. And a lot of times that's not good when they're – because they're, if they told me about it, and typically they've told a lot more people too. Yeah. And so that doesn't, you know – and, and I think it's big to kind of have a pulse of your golf course, like you said, a quality, you know, sort of a quality control check about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I would always say that nobody had higher expectations than me, but if that didn't translate, you know, or I yeah. looked like I was kind of slacking in that a little bit, then that that didn't really translate over to, to what I was saying or trying to do. So, yeah, I, I agree, man. It, that's a – that's big for guys in their insistent roles to really take that to heart because a lot of times they're out managing guys and, and they may see a guy that, you know, they'll come up on a bunker, for instance. Let's say you're just, you know, checking the course and you see a bunker that wasn't done. Instead of going and getting that person to come back, then they'll, they'll, you, you might take care of yourself. Well, that's mm-hmm. not teaching anybody anything. Mm-hmm. You saw it. You applied it, but you want the guys to do it the correct way. And and how you handle that, just bringing them back, say, hey, we need to redo this, or we need to let me show you this. So next time, you know, those are those are all things that, you know, I know you know, but I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to pass on a little bit of nuggets here. Well, and in the golf industry is is kind of like none other in the fact that 
there's a lot of accountability on your employees yep. because you're managing a property that's 150 acres or even larger yep. and you can't be everywhere at the same time. And so a lot of times they have to have the initiative. They have to know what's right and what's wrong before you can get there. Yep. Or like you said, I mean, you're going to get, you're going to get play and play's going to catch up and they're, they're going to get to a bunker that wasn't raked or yep. flag stick was left out, you know, stuff, stuff like that. And they've got to, they've got to be on top of themselves and know what needs to be done and, and just kind of hold themselves in check and not skip that bunker behind 13 green. Cause they or, can, I mean, it happens. Yeah. I mean, we're just, you know, them doing the same thing over and over again. It's repetitive. You know? And, yeah. and, and you want them to, you want them to have a pride and a, and a, and a, you know, what they're doing. And, and because your expectations are, you know, you want each member, no matter where they, where they tee off, what time they tee off to have a, a great experience. And, you know, it's, it's just something, it's a mindset you got to just kind of drill in, you know, and, yeah. and I think that's a, that's a, a, a great thing for assistants to really hone in on is just when they're out doing things and managing that they, that they not only see things and sort of grasp hold of it, but make sure that they're teaching the people that they're wanting to do the work. You know, it's, I think it's, it's imperative, mm -hmm. I mean, but, um, so you want to be a superintendent. Yes, sir. And I know that recently Michael um, left Stones River, mm -hmm. and um, you've got a new superintendent now. So let's talk a little bit about that and how because okay. we have similar little stories about how how that went down, and I think it's important. But um, the uh, so walk me through the process. I, you were I, you obviously applied. You obviously were interested mm -hmm. in the job. Um, we'll just. Cut out there. the suspense. Yeah, you didn't get it. No, I didn't. somebody else got it. Mm -hmm. But so let's talk a little bit about walk me through that how that okay. process went down and sort of your mindset as as you, as you kind of continue to work there and and, and moving forward. Yeah. So um, back in April of this year, um, found out that Michael was going to leave and work for work for uh, Simplot uh -huh. as a sales rep, and um, you know. I didn't know anything about it pre, you know, prior to the decision and, and letting us all know about it, and and had no ill will towards him. I think he w was going to do what he needed to do for his family, and mm -hmm. and I think that's great. I have no problem with that, and um, saw it as a great opportunity. So that day, immediately got my phone out, text the GM because at Stones River, it's a smaller club. Yeah. Um, had a lot more interaction with the the GM and and that's something I'd probably encourage other assistants is yeah. don't you know as long as don't go around your superintendent's back but if he's willing to take you to greens committee meetings if he's willing yeah, to let you go to all that kind yeah. of thing um, you know meet the membership you know talk to him meet the you know the GM and have a relationship with him and and so I did I had I had prior times that I had talked with the GM and had gone to greens committees you know. Yeah fortunate enough that Michael would take me to those and, and had the input and things like that. And so, um, didn't, wouldn't, didn't feel uncomfortable at all. So I reached out immediately and said, Hey, I want to put my name in the hat. I want, I want this job. Yep. And, um, Smart. and so right away he, he text, texted me back and said, you know, come up here at 10, let's talk. So we sat down and talked and, and, um, just let him, I expressed my interest for the position and, and, um, and he he let me know that while um, while 
they were going through the process of looking for the new, next superintendent. They yeah. wanted to give me the interim superintendent title. Yeah. They were going to give me full support. Um, they weren't going to handcuff me at all. I could purchase what I needed to, could hire, you know, do basically have full reins of You're the whole operation. The I was the interim. Yeah. Had every, every, you know, there was no handcuffs at all. Right. So um, did now, that. How, how often or how soon after Michael announced that he was leaving did you have this conversation? With the GM, that would have been the same day. Okay, yeah. So I was. So they I, already knew, though. They, yeah. So so when we it were wasn't a shock. To no, no, else. no. It so when when I um I think by the time it might have been the next day, yep. possibly um that he he met. I think maybe I texted him the same. I know I texted him the same day. It might have been let's meet tomorrow. Yeah. I can't remember exactly the the timing. It all happened so fast. Um. But I know by the time we were told and everybody knew at the course that he was going to leave, yeah. that he was putting in his notice um, at around the same – it was all the same day. Yeah. So there wasn't – we were told and had to keep quiet, and then he told everybody else. So everybody knew the whole time or at the same time. Yeah. And so um, so did the interim and, you know um, – Kind of went about the day, you know, sure. went about. So you're the interim now, yeah. And, and now you, now they've told you that there's mm -hmm. a process that's going to happen, and but you're like, you're basically on the job interviewing. It, exactly, yeah. and um, that's what what made it challenging was at the time. What's unique about Stones River is we have we hire a lot of college age kids, being that MTSU's in Murfreesboro, mm -hmm. and uh, we're located in Murfreesboro, and. Um, so we have a lot of kids that work half days, work till lunch, then go to school, or they work Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or they work Tuesday, Thursday. Yeah. So our our staff can fluctuate really bad, sure. and you know if we we catch That's a groove, tough. yeah, and we catch a and it's it's fortunate, it's really nice. I yeah. mean, we've got young, able bodies that are willing to do the work, and um, you know they're just worried about getting enough money to buy pizza and whatnot, but um, beer and beer, yeah, <laughs> and. Um, but the negative to that can be if you get yourself out of a groove, they graduate and they leave yep. and they have full, they want a different career. Yeah. And so if you get on the backside of something and you, you start to get low numbers. And so at the time we were pretty low. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say it was maybe four of us on the course and oh, wow. not including Mike. Yeah. And so that all just kind of went quick. You know, we're April, greening up, everything's starting to wake up. We're trying to get things going and, you know, and trying to hire staff. and short-staffed. <laughs> yeah. And and so I, I, I was thrust into a lot of it. And, and yep. in a way, it was nice because there wasn't time to just think about it. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, winter projects. It was, this is go time. Yeah. And so in, in a way, it was nice because it was, let's get, let's go and hit the ground running. And so I, you know, I hired the whole staff for this year and got all that around and was going to Greens Committee meetings and and making making pitches to new ideas for the future of the club, you know, for future projects and yep. things like that and answering questions and doing what I could to, like you said, you know, a working interview. Right. And trying to plead my case basically for, for that position. Yeah. So. Well, so how long was the interim period? Did I was the interim for two months. Okay. Yeah, right at two months. 
And how did the process of the actual because you were aware they were mm -hmm. they were going through the yeah and so they were front they were up front with me um, about wanting to bring in you know they asked for my resume asked for a cover letter they did yeah. all that and they were clear about yes we're gonna bring in other people we're gonna test the water and see yeah. um, it, by no means were they saying we're gonna shut it down like we're gonna let you yeah. run it out and see what happens it was yeah this is what you, this is gonna be your new position and. Mm -hmm. um, but we are going to bring in right. other people and interview other people, and you will be in that. Yep. You will be grouped in with that interview gotcha. um, group. And so I didn't – and what was tough about it is I didn't interview until, I mean, like the second week of uh, – I, I did like a month and a half before I inter interviewed. Yeah. So I had a long time to see members and yeah. try to impress people and, and make changes and, and things like that, and that was nice. But Did that take away from – did it was that always something you were kind of back of the mind thinking about, or did you just not let it bother you too much? No, I mean, I think it's hard not to think about it. Yeah. Um, just because everybody, you know, most people, um, have an idea if you're in this industry, you know, yeah, or if you're a superintendent listening to this, you, you know, what it was like to be an assistant, you know, what the salary despair, you know, spares, um, the, uh, the discrepancies yeah, yeah, yeah are and so i mean it was hard not to think about yeah. wow i mean this is my dream this is my goal yeah that i've had since i got in the industry yep. and it not only am i possibly going to achieve it but yep. two i mean my my life my livelihood is going to change quite a bit i mean i'm potentially going to double what i make right you know and that's a huge change yeah all that's to, exciting you know yeah i've got whatever's... a i've got a wife and yeah. and so it was a lot of a lot of conversations like hey you know this could be really good for yeah. us, and yeah. and a lot of th and and also a lot of changes and a lot yeah. of a lot of more demand, you know, much more demands on my on my time at work and and things like sure. that. And so, um, there was a lot of things going on, and it was you know there was a lot going. It, it was it was hard not to think about right. what could be. Yeah. So I wouldn't say it ever affected um, my ability to do the job that I was yep. given. Um, I think playing sports my whole life kind of gave me that competitive edge and, yeah. and I thrive under stress and, and kind of those pressure situations. And so if anything, I probably performed better. Yeah. I felt like I had a stronger push and desire. You know, I felt more responsible for what was going on, sure. obviously, because I was. But I mean, did you from the – from the get-go, when they gave you the interim role, did you say, okay, this is mine, I'm going to run yeah. it like, I, like I'm doing? Yeah, I mean, so instantly, um, so Michael would still show up, um, but a lot of times he was getting his, you know, things in order. Yep. And so by the end of – by towards the end of April was his last day. Mm -hmm. And so I had several weeks where he wasn't even there anymore. And so, yeah, it, it really started yeah. to feel real because – I'm giving all the jobs. I'm making all the second, you know, things that you would normally you somebody do. Somebody kind of as an assistant. Did you have somebody in that role to kind of um, help you? No, not really. Um, just because we had a lot going on, yeah. and our situation is a little different. Um, at the time, we did have another assistant, and so we talked. We we'd made talks like what, sure. what could happen to him and and things like that. Um, but it was kind of like a group effort at, for the most part. Um, our equipment manager Casey Roschenberger he um he's not like most he he does a lot on the golf course he probably spends 
honestly, he's probably 65, 35 on the course. So he's kind of back and forth. Yeah, he's yeah. he he does a lot for us. He yeah. he's out there mowing fairways. He's out there digging holes, fixing irrigation, and then he's in there grinding reels, and yeah. he's in there, you know, setting up mowers for the next day and do and making any repairs. And so, oh, I got a flat tire. Time, yeah, and so he's doing he's doing everything, yeah. and and um and so it it was easy just to to pair up with him and pair up with um, our other assistant and and just attack you know tackle it yep. head did they, on did they did they rally around you and they did they yeah because it was going to benefit it was going to yeah. be, kind of benefit everybody yeah um and so no there you know and that's i think that was fortunate that i had a good relationship with both yeah and so it was never it was never hard to start giving demands sure. or making calls i say you know the one thing probably the oddest thing that happened once i was the interim was making that first spray sheet yeah. Knowing that, you know, it's no different than what it was last week or yeah. it's no different than years past or whatever. But knowing that and one that ever spray anything too risky, but it was just that, hey, th- this has a different weight to it now because yeah. I'm making this up. Yeah. If this spray goes out and this is bad, yeah. it's back on me. So it just it felt different. And then yeah. you get you get a couple spray sheets in. And you're like, OK, this isn't too bad. Yeah. So. Well, are you doing the sheets and spraying though? No, no, we. Did you have somebody else? Yeah, there? we had another assistant that he he'd go out and he'd he'd uh, make the application, but right. yeah, we we talk about it and and we'd write up the sheet and then yep. he'd go out and do it. But um, but and right now, in my current role, being the first, um, I still spray. I, I'll go and spray tees. I'll go spray fairways. I'll make a. I'll help out on the pre-emerge and and things like that. So. Just, I mean, it's a lot of hours in the seat yeah. if you're going to go out and try to wall-to-wall stuff. And For so sure. kind of break it up and, and help help out as best I can. So Yeah. Well, how was the club, you know, in that uh, – so you're, you're – we're working towards the fact you didn't get the job, but mm-hmm. how was the club in that process? Did you, did you feel them draw away from you? Were they still kind of leaning on you? Or did, did well, you... and what's unique about Stones River is um, they've got – I mean, a lot of clubs are this way. I'm sure it's a country club, and yep. and so they've got their little cliques and their group of friends, and um, and I felt welcoming, you know, a lot of encouragement from several guys, yep. several members. Um, never once met anybody, you know, came across anybody that was, you know, I hope you don't get it, you know, nothing, nothing like that. Yep. Everybody was encouraging me, and. Um, going to a greens committee meeting and coming up with my report and giving my report got you know great reviews after that and everybody was like you did a great job this was you know really good you said a lot of you know we liked a lot of your ideas blah 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 so i never felt um never felt any distance from them and i think that's what made it harder once i didn't get the job yeah was that i felt i felt confident i felt good about it and then didn't get the decision you know, that I was hoping for. Yep. And so I think that that's really what bummed me out pretty hard was, you know, just, I, I felt, I felt yeah. good about it and it felt everything, everybody I talked to was encouraging and, and was yeah. giving good, good feedback. So yeah. that was, that made it pretty tough. Well, how did, how did they let you know? Um, so oddly enough, I found out that my grandfather had passed away and that I was going to need to go to Indiana to his funeral. Uh-huh and hadn't heard anything yet and i knew that the last round of interviews had happened in a few days and i knew that time frame time frame was close and so it was it was pretty crazy i was about to go up there and talk to the gm and say hey you know i know what's going on but 
I, I'm going to have to miss a few days and go to this funeral. And um, he sat me down and was like, you know, we, we need to talk about all of this and let me know that um, that I didn't get the job and they hired somebody else and they let me know who that was and and um, congrat you know not congratulated me but um, you know in- I'm trying to think of the word but thank you for th- all th- yeah, yeah thank me for for my effort and and for all the stuff that I'd done over yeah. the last um, two months and and you know just hope that I would want to stick around and not sure. not kind of bolt and I told him you know I wasn't. I wasn't that type of person, and you know that this is an industry for me. This is a career, and I'm not just yeah. gonna jeopardize that because I didn't get what I wanted. So, yeah. I mean, it's a it's the first of many letdowns, probably. <laughs> I, unfortunately, I would, you know, I, I, you know, not everybody gets their first job. I mean, I went through three or four. Um, I have a very similar story to yours that mm-hmm. you probably know about, but you know, I, um, in the short, it, you know, the short uh, story of it is, is that I. I, you know, when Dave left the golf club of Tennessee, I was in line to get it. Yeah. Uh, or I, I was, I was there. I was one. I made sure everybody knew, and I was part of the interview process. And I ultimately didn't get it. And Jeff got hired and mm-hmm. worked for him for a year, and we're still great friends. And I would have, and how, how all that kind of played into my career was, you know, from a mindset, from a, from the way I dealt with defeat and some of the difficulties and things. I mean, it's just part of it, you know. And it was a job that I really wanted. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that place. I still do. But, uh, I mean, I think I think the way that you come out of that, because you're going to probably go through another round of that somewhere else where you're going to be – I mean, I know your buddy Matt. I mean, he's battling it big oh, time. Oh, yeah. And now he's to the point where he's like, I don't even – I don't know what to do. Well, you start to doubt yourself, I yeah. think, and you start to – well, am I, am I good enough? Am, yeah. I mean, he's gone through a lot of interviews, and he can do – do them without even thinking about he's it. He's one at of this the sharpest point. people I know, and he yeah. is. Yeah, and and for some reason, yeah. it just hasn't worked out for him. And and I don't think, um, I don't think we'll ever know really why. And I think there's a bigger plan for him. And yeah, for sure, he has to just keep keep his head down and keep going. But yep. and he has, and 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 he, that's one thing that's amazed me with that friendship is, I mean, I don't, I can't believe. I mean, I couldn't even tell you how many times that he's gotten close yep. and and just haven't gotten that that answer he wanted. And, and was he uh, somebody that you sort of bounced stuff off? And yeah, talked we about talked. Through? Yeah, we talked quite a bit. Yep. Um, talked to Jeff quite a bit during that process as yep. well. Um, obviously, he was a reference on my resume and everything. But um, yeah, being able to bounce that off with with Matt was huge. And um, but it, it was also different than what he'd ever gone through. He'd never. He's he's kind of been at the golf club and that's where he's been yeah. and he's never had that situation where he was an interim and and the possibilities and he and I I still bounce things off of him and in in the weeks and months that that happened after the you know they made the decision they did still talked about about things mm-hmm. um, and just dealing with what happened and and things like that and and he's been he's been fantastic and yeah. awesome a great friend of mine and um but yeah it's it's yeah, I mean, you know, if your ultimate goal is to be a superintendent, it's the game that you're going to play. It's, you know, every situation is going to be different. You know, there you were in a unique situation where you were trying to get a job at a club that you work at. Mm-hmm. You worked under the individual that was there, been there a long time. And for whatever reason, we won't have to get into the reasons on why yeah. they selected, why they didn't go. You, you know, they could have – who knows, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you probably got some idea, and they may have told you something, but – 
but you just didn't ultimately get it right. Mm-hmm. And chances are, though, is is that either they felt like you weren't ready, or you worked under someone who had been there and they want some change, yeah, or something along those lines, you yeah. know. And 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 that's that's okay. It's 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 a matter of how you handle that and what you're doing about it now, as opposed to you know worrying about it and dwelling on it and saying, oh, woe is yeah. me kind of stuff, because that's not going to get you anywhere. Well, and I think I think kind of what you were saying, how this is just one of many probably disappointments in a career um, to come. In, in I mean, I hope you get your next one. Yeah, I, mean, I do too. <laughs> but, I mean, I just – I don't want you to – yeah, no, false. you got to be realistic I don't about want you it. To be, I mean, I don't know too many people that do. Yeah, you got. I mean, you got to be realistic about it, and yep. and and I, I know, I know, I've I've set myself up for a challenge because um, I have a, my me and my wife. We live in Spring Hill, and and we don't want to move away. We don't want to go anywhere else. I I I know good as well that if I changed that mindset and said, "Hey, I want to move to Georgia, Florida." Carolinas. Yeah. yeah, I could probably move up quick and I could be a superintendent pretty soon. But I don't want to. I don't want to I want to stay close. All my family's yep. here, her family's here, and that's something I've and I've dealt with it and I've I know that that's my situation and so I'm just trying to take as not much Not a lot of turnover here either. There's not. It's there's not. And and you know, people like to talk about how this area the superintendents are getting up there and they're they're kind of primed for a yeah. an overturn, but then you know, Joe Kennedy. Who've been there for yeah, and and then Joe Kennedy goes to the golf club and or goes to the Grove and yeah. and you know re you know re um, ignites his career and who knows. Yep. So I think going through the situation, you know, you look at it two different ways. It could have been where yeah, I just stuck my name in a hat in some other state and some other city, yep. and I went and did the interview, and then I came back and they told me no. Well, yep. I don't work there. But what's made it more challenging and, and will only benefit me in the long run is that I am at the place that told me no. Yeah. I'm still working for the GM that told me no. Still catering to the super, the you know members that didn't feel, you know, sure. what, whatever reason. And so that's been it's been hard and the months after made it hard and yep. and there was a lot of, you know, not anger, but there was, you know, it, it was challenging. Yeah. It was hard to 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 reinvest myself into a place that you feel like didn't you weren't good enough for right you know i've gotten past that and and obviously i'm doing doing my job and and doing everything i can for them and and what they what they need and yep. but i think that will help me the next time something comes around yeah. is that i know hey i've already gone through some of the toughest that i could possibly face getting that next jump that's a, that's the thing i was going to say is you know you've got now you've got this sort of kind of like you know this has happened to you. It's mm-hmm. put a little bit of a of a of a layer on you as yeah. far as your toughness and some of the things you're able to handle. Maybe you didn't do something exactly right. Uh, maybe you didn't interview as well as you think. You can always improve. There's mm-hmm. always things you can uh, look to and say, okay, I need to do this better. You know, yeah. and and going through that experience, maybe you wouldn't have been as good a superintendent as you will be now because mm-hmm. you you had to deal with it. And and so I I think you're wise. To, to think about all those things and reflect on them. I was going to ask you about your mindset, but you've shared a lot about mm-hmm. how you've handled it. But I, I'm curious as to like how your relationship, what's the, who did they hire? I don't. His name is Robert Kuhn. Robert. Um, he was an assistant down in Atlanta at Ansley Golf Club. Okay. Yeah. Or setting down. I think it's the same. Okay. Either or. Um, so how's your relationship with him? And, and No, it's, it's good. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, and, and there was a lot of unknowns once, once I found out, 
who, you know, that I wasn't going to get the job and that they were going to hire another person. There's a lot of unknowns. You don't know. And first situation is the first time I've ever gone through a situation yeah. like this where I, I've gone through my, my past work history and a lot of those guys have been superintendents for a long time. Sure. I mean, William had been one, Jeff. And, and so I was always working for a stable superintendent, somebody that's been one, somebody that's right. well known. Like this is, you know, he's, respected and things like that and so this was different first time going through a situation where they hired somebody new and he's a first-time superintendent yeah. and and you just don't know what's it, what's he going to be like what's what's the mindset what's yeah. our new schedule going to be like also you know, I mean there's a million questions that you don't know sure and so I thought I think it's gone well I mean um our relationship's good I, I don't think there's any um we got it at, you know we addressed the elephant in the room early on and kind of was like, Hey, you know, I know, you know, I put in for the job and didn't get it and, and, and kind of approached it like men. And, and, um, it's been good since then, you know, and, and just kind of moving on from it and knowing that ultimately he's my boss now. And I've got to, I've got to kind of step back from running the show like I was. So, well, I think, you know, one of the things that I would think that he would embrace is the fact that he had someone, that's one willing to stay and, and support him, but two, you know, you wanted the job. I mean, it's not like that's what, cause ultimately he's wanting to groom you and get you to a place where you can be the superintendent somewhere where you're not going to get passed over. And if you get somebody that's, that sometimes is just complacent and what doesn't want to leave and is fine with where they're at. And, you know, they, they skip steps or they don't do something all the time, or, mm-hmm. you know, they're not passionate about what they do, then that can be a problem. And, mm-hmm. you know, it creates animosity and then all of a sudden, you know, you know, you're, you're out the door. So it, yeah. that, that's what I think he's, you know, got is a huge benefit. You know, that's what Jeff had when he had me. I mean, I was like, I looked at him, I said, dude, we're going, we're going to work. What do you need me to do? Mm-hmm. He's like, man, you run it like you've always run it. It's, it's great here. And I'll just step in wherever I need to. And, yeah. and, you know, and, and the golf club was a little different. I, I mean, I was, I was able to do a lot. I had a lot of uh, autonomy and, a, and then Jeff trusted me a lot with, the day-to-day stuff and and you know it would just made uh for that for him to know that he could lean on me because he was learning every every especially a guy who's just had his first um you know superintendent job he's got to have to learn real fast yeah and because it's a you need to figure out what needs to be done what's yep. the crew how we're going to do things and, well and coming in in may yeah you know. and you're and you're and he's got to lean on you because mm-hmm. you've got a couple years experience so that's huge yeah so no, it's been good, and and I think um, we had a a pretty successful season, and yep. and I think I think jo- joining in May like he did, uh, there wasn't much he could really do other than just changing mowing lines and you know just little stuff that that um, that he wanted to do. But I think now yep. he's gotten the time to kind of implement some of the things that he wants to do for next year and yep. and get a get a game plan for next year and and move forward and. And and that's what he even said you know, when we talked about when we cleared the air about the situation that had happened and and he you know he said I hope to get to the point where you have me as a reference on your your sure. resume that that you feel comfortable you know at you know having me right you know help you down that road because like you said he knows that that's my goal yeah. is that what I want so for sure what what do y'all have on the horizon for Stones River you got any big projects coming up or is there anything that no not really um. We we've done Mike before I'd gotten there had done some some greens renovation stuff, um, moved some holes around and, and created new um, bunkers and, and things like that and 
and um, it's been a couple years since then, and they haven't really um, talked too much about that. I think they're they're doing a little bit of clubhouse renovation yeah. right now, and we've got some smaller um, winter time projects that we're we're getting to you know getting ahead on and yeah. and um, clearing some some overgrown areas yeah. and and doing that kind of thing. So um, they've got a they kind of have to get a running uh, a running start when they you know kind of a a fundraiser type effort before they ever want to try to make a big sure, renovation like, yeah. project. So I think I think they have some some ideas down the road but nothing set in stone, nothing on the on the books yeah. just yet. It's always been my opinion that that property's so got to be so valuable. It is. I mean, yeah. with the real estate in Murfreesboro. I just they've talked about I just don't know if I wouldn't see them picking up and moving <laughs> someday cuz they could sell it. I've heard that rumor a few times. Yeah. Um I think the members just love it being in the city and being so easy that they can get off it's um, not easy though. It traffic's It's ridiculous. not. It's not, but it's it's you know, it's somewhat central, centrally located. I don't live in Murfreesboro, so I don't yeah. I don't know 100%, but You're we're close early. to downtown. We're yeah, we're close to yeah. downtown, so I know that a lot of people like that and I know um I know a couple of members that are members of the golf club as well yeah. and people ask, "Well, why are you a member at Stones River too?" and they're like, "Well, cuz I live right here and it's in the city and I can get to it easy." Yeah. And so I know a lot of people that come during lunch and putt and chip and go back to work or yeah. get off you know leave church on sunday and come get changed and go play some golf sunday afternoon so yeah. i think I, th- I think that'll keep them from ever wanting to move down 840 or somewhere else and, and get out in the country a little bit and maybe have a bigger property just because of the you know the ease for I, a lot of you the say that but man i i don't know that city <laughs> is growing like crazy and it is and the one thing is is it's I don't think it's singularly owned. I, the membership yeah. owns it mm-hmm. or has equity in it. So it would take a lot. It would take a lot. For somebody to say, you know, it'd probably take a lot of zeros. <laughs> a lot of zeros, yeah, so. no doubt. Especially, there's not, like we've talked about on your previous podcast, there's not many golf courses getting getting built right now. No. More closing than they no, are getting built. Renovating. So. Renovations and things like that are, are mm-hmm. the, the norm these days. Mm-hmm. Not, but I could see a club like that one. I've always said that about Brentwood too. I mean, eventually, those clubs that are in the middle of the cities are just going to get gob- yeah. gobbled up. I mean, well, you would think too, with like what I was saying, the membership. Um, we've got a really healthy membership, and they play a lot. And so you would think that at some point, there'd be a handful of them that would kind of get tired of. Hey, you know, it's kind of hard to book a tee time. It's hard if I don't get in this group. Yeah. I I just don't get to play except for late in the day yeah. or stuff like that. And so. You know, you'd think at some point maybe a group of them or, or a handful of them would start to start that motion there, and yeah. say, hey, you know, I'm kind of getting tired of this not having a tee time yeah. and do a short course somewhere maybe yeah. or who knows. That'd well, there may, be a, there may be an opportunity for another private club, mm-hmm. you know, up there just because there's so much inflow of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, I mean, you're not getting on at Old Fort. <laughs> no. That, and that's a good golf course. But it no, is. It's, it's, um, there's a lot. I mean, it's just a lot of people there. Yeah. So. No, it's growing. It's yep. growing crazy. They're building everywhere for yep. sure. So, Well, Mac, you've given us a lot of good stuff about being an assistant, and, and, and I appreciate your candor about uh, and your honesty about walking through that process. I think that's good for anybody that's in that situation that's either gone through it or, you know, thinking they might go through it or – you know, whatever it, you know, getting a job as an assistant is not the easiest thing in the world. It takes some ups and downs and you've certainly had them, you know, and I think it's good that you uh, provided that for people. And, and, uh, you know, our, my podcast is, uh, that's what I'm trying to do is give 
people information. They may not listen to it all the way through, or they may pick out little bits and pieces, but um, it's certainly important that we share the assistant story, and your story is a good one. I appreciate yeah. you doing that. Yeah, no, I, I hope it helps um, other people and, and realize that, you know, maybe they can look at their their situation and think, you know, what, where, where can I go? Where can I improve? Yeah. Or, or what do I, what are the steps that I might need to take if that's my goal? And yeah. there's nothing wrong with being a, an assistant for a career. I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of guys around here that have done that and yeah. have made a lot of money, it's you know, have done really, done really well, yeah. um, being an assistant. So, um, but if your goal is wanting to be a superintendent one day, I think, um, I think you just definitely need to do a lot of self-evaluation and and look and and be realistic about what it is. I, I know some have talked about how it's just not like it used to be, you know, back when Joe Kennedy and some of those guys would be getting their jobs that they got out of school and went straight to it and they yeah. got their first gig three, four years and boom, they, they well, just and they got were, it. They were building so many courses they were. too. A lot of those stories, if you go back and some of the guys I've talked to, they – they built in so many courses when those guys were had had experience and mm-hmm. they got and they developed relationships and they said, "Well, just come manage this golf course because yep. we're building it." And then that's not happening yeah. nowadays. And so it's hard to get get on a golf course that's in construction from the get go and and build it. it you've got to sort of, I mean, I wrote you know I wrote down here that you know you guys got to network and and start talking to people and especially other assistants and other superintendents and mm-hmm. get out there get noticed go to meetings and all those kind of things because that's that's ultimately where you're going to you know maybe meet somebody that can get you to where you need to be or help you, you know? yeah no doubt and that's what i'm thankful Coming for on you this podcast yeah i was just gonna say it. thank you <laughs> you know i was gonna extend the thank you for having me on the podcast and get my story and my name out yep. and and helping me down the road because you never know who you're going to come across and, yep. and who might help you because um, a lot of times it's it's not what you know, it's who you know and, yep. and who can help you and, and get that first start. And once you get in, you know, don't let go. Yep. So, Well, if I can ever help you, for sure, I hope – I know that, you know, maybe somebody listens to this, here's your story, here's your mindset, and, you know, is willing to, you know, at least reach out to you or talk to you, whether it be another assistant or another superintendent or something, and, and that'll that'll be a win. So, yeah, no doubt. You know, but uh, before I let you go, I'm taking a, a lot of your time. But uh, tell me a little bit about your family, what what you got going there, and uh, sort of what you like to do when you're not trying. to Yeah, so um, me and my wife, uh, we oddly enough, our story is kind of interesting. We met that freshman year of college. Okay. She was a nursing UT? student. No, this was MTSU. MTSU. So I did one year at MTSU and yeah. three at UT, and so we met. Um, at MTSU, she was a nursing student. We had a, a math class together and um, stayed in touch. She had a boyfriend at the time, and and I was single, so kind of let that al- left that alone and uh-huh. and uh, stayed in touch. And then I went to UT, and we s- would text and and talk and stuff on the phone. And and then once I moved back and went to Legends, um, started dating and got married, and so. We've been married for three years now, and awesome. have a little dog, and live in Spring Hill, and and um, no kids yet. No kids yet, so they're uh, they're hopefully on the horizon. I'm so. curious about living in Spring Hill. Is that was that just where y'all found a place to? Stay? Yeah, so she actually grew up in Brentwood, and then moved to Spring Hill, okay. and that's when we started dating. Um, she was living in Spring Hill, gotcha. and I was living. Obviously, my parents were too, yeah. and um, just she's fell in love with it, and never really wanted to move away and and at the time when I was at the golf club I thought about moving closer and getting that drive down because it was so long I mean it was 50 some miles each yeah. way I was oh. 
I was putting one one summer or one year I put like thirty thousand miles on my truck and uh quickly decided to get rid of that truck and <laughs> no more truck. Yeah, like, oh that's gonna have to go. But yeah. um yeah, I just never really wanted to move away. I felt yeah. like my luck, I was gonna move and then a job would come up and I need to I'd be equally as far, if not farther. Yeah. So I kind of felt like Spring Hill was a decent spot and then of course Stones River came up and I was like, Well, now I've cut my drive down to thirty five minutes instead of forty five and right. so that made a big difference and just still hadn't really found a reason to move yeah. away and maybe that superintendent job that comes up and just the responsibilities yeah. and having to be there is you know, a lot more would uh, make me move away but I've gotten kind of used to that interstate drive, so yeah, hasn't been too bad. What do you like to? What do you? What so yeah, so hobbies. Or? Yeah, I play. Go- I've got too many hobbies actually. I I play golf. Well, you're, you don't have any kids. You gotta get <laughs> I know, them I know, I know. So I got. I, I, I love Wait to play you golf. Get kids, you won't have any hobbies. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, um, trying to get all those new clubs so that by the time I can play golf again, they're not yeah. too outdated. But yeah. um, no, I love to play golf. I play. You know, kind of fair weather though. I yeah. I, I don't. I, I try to play some in the winter, but it's tough. But play golf and um, love to go fishing. Um, done, gone duck hunting before. Really enjoyed that. So um, anything that's outdoors. If sure. I sit, if I sit inside, look at a TV too long, I just get a horrible headache. So yeah. anything outdoors. Um, I love woodworking. I make a lot of furniture. Make a lot of little crafts that's and cool. things like that. And yeah. so anything to keep my mind active and and be outside doing something. Um, yeah. Oddly enough, I built. I built uh, Matt a uh, a big farm table. It was like three and a half feet by eight feet long farm nice. table. His uh, his grandfather had passed away, and he had some hundred plus year old barn wood. And so did all that work, milled it down, made him this big farm table for his house. And so just you anything. Have a shop at your house? Um, actually, I built that at my parents' house. Yeah. Had a lot of tools gotcha. um, there, but in our house, I do. I have I have more tools. I'm not really. A, I have to keep it clean enough that she yeah. can pull her car in the garage. But, I got you. but yeah, I've got a I've got a problem with tools. Yeah. I, I like buying buying new ones. So, <laughs> well, I and golf you. clubs. I hear you. <laughs> I, I'm, he can probably talk a whole podcast on. I've got expensive and, hobbies. That's yeah. my problem. Golf uh, yeah, isn't should, cheap. Fishing isn't cheap. Yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> well, um, do you have a? Are, are you going to be picky about your superintendent? position or i mean obviously we talked touched a little bit there's not a whole lot of that come open in the area Mm -hmm. you might have to move to you know a little knoxville chattanooga memphis who you know some you know yeah stay in tennessee or but are you do you have a particular place in mind like something that sort of fits a like a something you think you know yeah visually visualize um i've always it's kind of a kept it in you know the middle Tennessee area, yep. um, just being that we don't, we don't really want to move away from family and, and things. So I think, um, years from now, if it's still, you know, still hasn't happened yep. and it's getting a little down to crunch time, maybe, and kids start coming up and things start getting tight, um, yep. that might change things sure. and we might have to move away, but, um, just kind of going whichever way and, and letting it all play out. Um, like you said, I've, I've only been, been assistant for two years, first assistant for two years, so hadn't been too long. And I feel like, you know, being that I'm going to stay in this area, it's going to probably take longer than normal. Um, but no, I, as long as it's got Bermuda greens, I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll take Ben if the money's right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, right. it, if I have to, yeah. I'll do what I got to do. <laughs> my, 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 my goal was five years. 
I wanted to be at the golf club mm-hmm. for five years. Turned out to be almost eight. Yeah. So that, and I don't know if that's normal, but that's just what my well, and and I know me and Mike had a lot of conversations. He felt like being on Bermuda as long as he was, that yeah. he felt like he could go back to Bent and be even better on you, Bent than he was. You would be way better. I mean, no joke. You could so, dominate Bent. Yeah, having taken care of Bermuda, just trust me, and mm-hmm. it's vice versa. Like I, the reason why I felt like I was so good on Bermuda mm-hmm. was because I had had Bent experience. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. I mean, it just you just it boils down to like you said, you're on offense on one side, maybe defense on the other in our area, mm-hmm. you know, and and so, but you but you know what to do. You know mm-hmm. how to manage the grass, manipulate the grass to make it as best it possibly can, mm-hmm. and you learn a lot about both. I don't, I don't know if you could. I wouldn't want to have no bent experience, mm-hmm. all Bermuda, and then go do bent. I think you would be yeah. lost, no doubt. No, but doubt. if you haven't, but but now that you can go back, yeah, I think you'd be yeah, and and that's you can compare the two yeah. and kind of bounce different ideas off of each other. Yep. I mean, just um, because. The main game in Bermuda is just the quality of cut. If you're going to get speed, yeah. you've got to get multiple cuts. You've got to roll it. You've got to you've got to really um, clean it off. Yeah. And I think that's something that can go towards bent as well. Yeah. I think getting that better clean cut, it's less stress on the grass, yeah. and and just those different things. So um, I definitely think going vice versa, flip yeah. flop. Now, um, really intrigued about the zoysia. <laughs> Though. I was going to ask you about that yeah, before we cut out. You're a Zoysia man. Uh, so. I'm, I'm, I'm getting behind the scenes. I'm trying to learn a lot more about this Zoysia. At that, at that last superintendent's local meeting when um, Ken from yeah, Athletic Ken Club, yeah, yeah, when he when he talked about how that the tour was excited about it, that kind of caught my attention. Yeah, I perked up and was like, the tour is excited. I mean, you never know. They've got all those courses in their network. They yeah. start pushing that and and really getting that on they some got, of those greens. I saw the one at uh, Southwind that they've got kind oh, of they tucked have away back there in the back. Sample. It's good looking stuff, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I don't know. know. We'll see. I mean, it just fits the mold for yeah. a lot of the courses around here. It yeah. really does. I mean, well, it's just could... it's just so much tighter. It's it looks. I mean, if you didn't know any better, I mean, and and I'm going to say this, and probably somebody's going to think I'm crazy, but if you didn't know any better, I could. Almost try to convince you it's bent grass. Really, if it's if it's really good. I've never seen it in person. Yeah, it's um, just so much. It's real dense. So yeah, you'd be like, well, I'm not on bent grass. Yeah. If you know what you're looking at, but yeah, good can, bent yeah. can get really dense too. Yeah. And yeah. I, I bet I, I I can see how you you would note you know you would think yeah. both of them. It's just so finely bladed. It's just amazing. Yeah. I, so I, just, I'm I mean, learning, man. If you can <laughs> anywhere around here that can extend their season by a couple months on the shoulder seasons. Yeah. I mean, it'd be a no-brainer. Sure. You know? Yep. That's sure. that's it. I mean, a lot of people try to knock Bermuda and, oh, you got to put covers on. You can't play greens yep. with covers on. Well, when you pull them off, they're not frozen, you know? No and, doubt. And when, when your greens are just sitting with no covers on, they freeze up. Yep. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of pros and cons to either one, and you got to know where your membership is and what they're going to play. Golf club, yeah. they don't need – Bermuda. I mean, their members are going to play in the spring and they're going to play in the fall. Yeah. That's all they care about. And they're closing the winter. And they're closing the winter, so they don't yeah. even have to cover. You know, so it, it's all about knowing your membership yeah. and who you got. But yeah. I, I'm intrigued by the the Zoysia. Yep. You know, well, keep learning, man. It's yeah. what you got to do. I, I'm, I'm, I, I always say that you never can stop learning. No doubt. The more you learn, the more you earn. Yeah. Every <laughs> that's a every year's it for you. Yeah. Every <laughs> year's going to be different. So, yeah. well. um Thank you, man. Thank you for doing yeah, thank this. You. you shared uh, you shared a lot. I wish you the best. Um, 
I wish you, you know. the best. I hope yeah. hope people hear this and yeah. and and jump on it and and help uh help you out, you know, down the road and I think what you're doing with the podcast is great. Appreciate um it. it's really I've seen I've been on since the, you know, I've been following along since the beginning yeah. and can tell the growth and 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 how it's changed and and just all the the guests that you've had and i think it's really vital for not only our area but yeah. i mean area around yep. you know it doesn't have to just be tennessee and middle tennessee so no i i mean I, that's one thing i like about it i hope you got something out of it i i mean i, I appreciate your your support and and mm-hmm. reaching out to me and getting to know you more and coming on yeah i mean i just hope that you would encourage others that you come across to say hey man sit down because i will i'll talk to anybody no and, doubt. and um, i can do it fairly easily and it's a lot of fun and and uh, we're growing. I shared some of that with you before, yeah. and I'm excited about what the future of it is and where we're going. So I, I would encourage you. Um, I mean, I'm sure you're going to be at the TTA, but I'm I'm doing a lot of big things at the mm-hmm. TTA. I'll share some of that um, as we get closer. But they're doing like an assistance thing there you might want to check out that I'm mm-hmm. going to try to do a, a podcast around. So uh, there's other things like that that are cool, but uh, constantly. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't see how you wouldn't want to come on and – and shine a light, you know, I mean, there's a lot of smart guys in this industry. Um, even just, even hearing some of your podcasts with guys in the athletic side of it yep. and, and things like that. I mean, Darren talking about the different pressures and stuff when they were painting the field at Neyland, yeah. you know, I mean, just stuff I never would even thought about yeah. that could make a huge difference and stuff like that. And so there's a lot of information that can be applied and you never know what you might pick up and, and carry on with you somewhere else. So yeah. I think it's, I think it's great what you're doing. Well, I think podcasts are here to stay. I hope this is informative. I, I, I'm really trying to keep it um, as broad as I possibly can. I, I get stuck in, you know, and I get I get some criticism about being golf heavy, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get that's where I, I know a lot of guys and a lot of people will come on. and uh, But, you know, I get told no a lot. So, I mean, uh, just keep encouraging people to come on. It's really not that bad. No. <laughs> and I enjoy sitting down and talking with people, and, and I think everyone keeps getting better and better. So, yeah. Best of luck to you, my man. You too. Um, and uh, just keep keep the grind going, and uh, I hope you land on some place. But uh, I, you know, Stones River is not a bad place to hang out for a while. So. <laughs> no, not tell at all. Ev- tell everybody where uh, you're on social media. I so, am. Because well, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll tweet it out, but tell everybody where they can. Yeah. So you. I'm I mainly do Twitter, and uh, my handle is at MacKirk32. At Mac. 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 Kirk. 32 that's tough to say i know i know i will uh i I follow you so i'll tweet it there you go uh, yeah and i'll 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 follow all your accounts as well so i'll be i'll be i'll easily tag in there so before we go give me a a president's cup prediction it's not looking good um i I don't know what they're doing um they're struggling because this is coming out (laughs) after this is over so you'll you'll be either look like a fool i've got well (laughs) honestly i think i hate to do it but i think we're down three right now yeah i don't I think they're probably going to come up just short. I really do. It's tough, man. They're they're they. It happens. It seems to happen with the with the the U.S. team is that they'll play. They'll get a lot of guys on the team that are playing hot during the season, yep. and then they'll get into this after season kind of thing, and they just they fizzle out a little bit. And um, I hope I'm wrong. But the team thing for us seems to be a little. Di- I we think just don't we play those have, those style. Of, right. We don't play the four balls, and we don't play. We don't do alternate yeah, shots. We don't do us. that. Yeah, yeah we and don't. If do they that. would on the if they would just implement those, we'd be better at this game. No doubt. The the, the team game. No I doubt. think if we can, my my personal prediction prediction is if we can stay within striking distance and get yep. the singles, we might have a chance. Yeah, I think I don't know. Tiger might go undefeated 
I know he's two and zero right now, and he sat out. Playing good, he is. So who knows? I'm a big Tiger Woods fan, Me so too. I could see him easily yep. going undefeated. Yep, and um, and at least doing his part. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> well, I love it, man. Thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it, and um, safe uh, travels and all that good stuff. You too. And happy holidays and happy holidays. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll catch up again soon. We'll do. All right, everybody, that's it for the podcast. Be sure you go check it out. Mac with the, uh, Mac Kirkpatrick, the first assistant at Stones River Country Club. Thanks for him coming on. Uh, appreciate it. Appreciate you listening. Rate, share, and subscribe. And until next time, I will talk to you soon.